0: This week it doesn't matter where you stand on the political spectrum Jeff Goldblum is here to make everything okay Uh, He's here to talk to us about Independence Day resurgence Plus there's usual news and nonsense on the movie podcast I can't believe Sokovia voted to leave the EU Hello pod, I'm Chris Hewitt, back in the hot seat after a brief trip to Europe to watch football And welcome to the Empire podcast Uh, This week I'm joined by two colleagues of such lethal cunning First up is a man who won't tell us if he voted would remain or leave in the referendum
1: to leave the Planet of the Apes. It's Dan Jolin. Hello, Chris. It's, uh, it's a real honour to be in here. I do like being <laughs> in the Empire podcast and uh, uh, I just, you know, I just wish other people felt the same way. Subtle. <laughs> That's why we like it, Dan. You bring the subtlety.
0: We're just saying something. Uh, Next up, last but not least, is a man who, again, won't tell us if he voted for Nicolas Cage to remain or leave the National Treasure franchise. But I'm guessing it was remain. It's Johnny Pyle. Of course it was. Hello, Chris. How are you? Good yourself? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. We're not going to talk politics on the podcast this week. That's all you're going to get from us. Uh, Instead, we're going to go straight on to this week's question, which comes from Twitter. It comes from at Fern Fuger. I apologise if I'm mispronouncing that. Fern Fugere. Question for the Empire Podcast. Having just watched episode two of Preacher, a show weirdly I still haven't seen, even though it's probably my favourite comic book of all time. Uh, What are the best church scenes, although not necessarily terrifically violent?
1: Okay, that's a good one to get into. Church scenes? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got one that isn't in any way violent. Okay, go for it. Yeah, Blazing Saddles. Okay. Yeah. Explain. Explain. Uh so it's the hymn that the townspeople are singing. Uh so the bandits are coming and causing problems and they sing this hymn and I'm I'm it's killing me. I can't remember every single lyric, but uh it just it just ends with them singing Our Town Is Turning Into Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, the 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 preacher in that particular congregation is, uh, is great. It's very sort of uh, old cynical preacher who uh, uh, rants at them. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that particular hymn, that would be my vote for my favourite church scene.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's quite a good one. Any others? Yeah, yeah. Johnny, what about you? What do you got? Well, I mean,
2: I assume I've been invited back on uh, the podcast this week because of... Uh, the finale to National Treasure is, of course, <laughs> set in uh, the Old North Church in Boston. Well, of course. Uh, and, and, of course, so for the last 20 minutes, they're in the church and underneath the church, then back in the church. And yeah. then Harvey Keitel's in the church. And it's just a wonderful thing. I mean, I don't know if you've uh, been to the Old North Church in Boston. I have I've, I've no. certainly spent some time there in uh, uh, the game Fallout 4. Um, Oh, okay, okay. All right. But it's a wonderful place, and all these catacombs below with uh, various, um, I suppose, unintentional booby traps from the the wearing of the wood over hundreds of years. But Mm -hmm. such a wonderful place to visit, and of course, then the Templar treasure was hidden there as well.
0: Of course it was. Spoilers. (laughs) Of course it was. Well, pretty, pretty much any question. We get the podcast will now be national treasure. And that's, that's I will. Uh, your answer. Absolutely. You your do face. my best. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And so I thought maybe you'd been to actually you'd been to Boston. I've never been to Boston. So
2: I've been. You I have been. Yeah. Okay. My oh, brother's no. there now. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not the old
0: North Church. But what's he doing?
2: What's he doing in Boston? He went to see Cheers. The bar Cheers. It's, it's like a cafe. I think. Now. Is he on holiday or is he living there? No, he's on holiday.
0: He's on holiday. Okay, okay. I thought you, he'd moved to Boston. No, 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 no. It's like I thought you were like sending piles around the world to places where national treasure took place just to put your stamp down, plant your right, flag yeah. in the ground. I'm, I'm going to so uh, move to Mount Rushmore. I'm Absolutely. going to buy a bivouac and uh, <laughs> hang out under Lincoln's nose. Bivouac. What a name. What a name. Um, there's loads, isn't there? This is one of those great you know just all encompassing questions there's so many you know, great church scenes over the years you could have well Black Narcissus is, is one that springs to mind most mm. recently of course uh, Kingsman the Secret Service has oh. the astonishingly violent church don't, I, scene, don't like as that scene. That scene. he doesn't like that scene I love that scene I think it's a, I think it's an extraordinary action sequence why don't you like that scene Johnny uh, I thought it was
2: um, jud- I thought they judged it poorly the, the tone of it I thought it was uh, not a nice moment as they are. start to slaughter
0: all these people.
1: Yes, <laughs> you're saying but, it might be a bit but extreme they're, and violent. But they're
0: bad people. It goes out of their way. It goes. Out, the film goes out. Of, goes out of its way to make sure that these are bad people yeah. who deserve the hell that is unleashed upon them in in, in that sequence, which lasts about I don't know, what, three three and a half minutes, something like that. There's loads of great stuff. I mean, um, the Untouchables. The, you know, you push your knife, you pull a gun. That that conversation takes mm-hmm. place in a, in a church. That's a
1: Highlander, that's a great church sequence. Highlander, Highlander. Where, where the Kurgan says that Jesus was a fool, yeah, for giving up his power. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many. There's so many great confession scenes over the years to take oh, place in so churches. Many confession scenes. I mean, too many. Too many, too many, too, too many to list. Yeah. says Dan. I yeah. can't think of one. Can you? Yeah, I can't think no, of a single of one. one. But all well, I can I, think, I, mean, I can well, I can think of Hail Caesar. Okay, because that's recent. All yeah. right, so give me that Calvary, which starts with an amazing yes. confession that scene. Is it a very good confession scene? You're absolutely right.
0: That's very, very good. I mean, yeah. uh, obviously churches are 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 sort of ripe for horror films. The the end of the fog takes place in a church. That's a siege mm-hmm. in a church. and a very, very last shot that takes place in a church. And it's just there's something really ripe about that setting for horror movies. Uh, what's the other horror? Another great horror film that takes place in a church. Forward is at a funeral, a lot of that is that a is funeral. in a church. And yeah. that is the most horrifying film you've mentioned yet. So, yeah, I'd say
1: that's, that's The that's climax of End of Days, in where, where, Ga- where, where of Gabriel of days. Byrne turns into a full-sized demon and, and fights with Arnie. Um, I think that's a forgotten um, average film. Yeah. Oh, The Omen, where
0: Patrick Troughton gets uh, speared by the, the falling... Uh, a pyre is it a pyre in the church the church gets hit by lightning mm. and falls and stabs him right through and then suddenly the, the storm and the, the tempest goes away mm. that's a great moment Godfather
1: moment. the climax Godfather. of the
0: Godfather
1: Godfather uh, and the graduate the graduate yes.
0: so and, many and therefore Wayne's World oh 2 as well oh my god the killer the killer the, killer, the, whole,
1: the whole climax mm. of the killer takes place Wayne's World 2 oh my god there's so many there's so many bad lieutenant bad lieutenant another one Kytel, Yeah. in a church yeah Doing terrible Absolutely. things.
0: Absolutely. This is, this is amazing. There's too many. There's too many. Uh, so that's about, I think we listed about 16 there. There's loads. We haven't even mentioned High Noon. Yes.
2: Yep. Yep. Another good one. Where's, um, where's the start of Face Off set where he's dressed as a vicar and then uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: there's, a, there's a choir there? Is that, is that in a church oh, or that is that makes... just a choir in a, in a big space? I don't, it's always seemed to me to be just a choir in a big space. But why he's dressed as a priest is never, is it never made clear? I'm not entirely sure it's made clear. I mean, but, potentially it's a church. Yeah, potentially, potentially you know, yeah. that's what churches are like in America. It is a church, and doesn't the uh, the, the final showdown take place in a church as well? I think I'm pretty sure they meet up back in the church mm. and, and face off. There's, there's tons. Yeah, and there's tons.
1: a lovely uh, circularity to the whole thing, really.
0: There really is. It's uh, which is obviously intentional. Mm. Of
1: course. They're good spaces, churches though, aren't they? I mean, they're good dramatic spaces. You, you know, you can see why they're cinematic. I mean, you, I mean, apart from the, you know, like some of those little kind of weird, sort of modern ones that we have in this country, where you sort of walk in and it feels a little bit just like a kind of uh, town hall.
0: Johnny, you want to say something? Uh
2: and this is this is an awful moment for me because it's a national treasure faux pas. Well, we're here, we're here with you, man. We <laughs> we got you back. But something was niggling at me as I was talking about Boston and. Uh, the finale is not set in Boston. It's set in New oh York God. City.
0: See, I I don't know National Treasure enough to pull you up on that. So, it's so set, I just
2: set by. It's set underneath Wall Street, isn't it? Oh, is it? He sends he... it. He sends him to the old North Church in Boston. Oh, okay. As a trick to get rid of Sean Bean. Right. But of course, I, I just feel terrible, and I, I should probably revoke my National Treasure's number one fan status. I have to. I b- don't burn think my... there's
0: much competition for it. I'll be honest with you. Uh, well. But someone has to take this baseball cap off me and this jacket. <laughs> You'll be turned away from the pearly Benjamin Gates when your time is up. <laughs> oh man, this is such a shame. Um, See, this is the thing. I just take whatever you say about National Treasure as gospel. I just automatically assume feel, it's the truth. Yeah, I feel someone should have picked me up on it. Well, I yeah, okay, maybe I need to rewatch National Treasure and particularly National Treasure: Book of Secrets because I think that's the that's the real one. That's the underrated one, isn't it? I mean, that's the one that yeah, it got disparaged a little bit when it came out, but I've got a feeling it's. It's probably the aliens to the, the, the first movie's aliens, so I'm I'm looking forward to revisiting those. I'm sure yeah. It should be fun. Should anyway, be fun. so yeah. Uh, I'm, thanks guys. I've got to go now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh there are so many church scenes, I don't even know uh where to where to stop with this. Uh but I think we've we've mentioned about seventeen or eighteen. Obviously we won't mention every single one. I've just been reminded about the beginning of Kill Bill Volume two, for example. Or Ooh. Die Hard Two. Yeah. Where, um, Bruce Willis, the bad guys led by William Sadler, they they set a base in a disused church and uh, Bruce Willis ends up fighting meat from porkies mm. uh, outside the church and stabs him in the eye with an
1: icicle. And there's a great disused church in Terry Gilliam's The Zero Theorem as well. There you go. Which it's worth seeing just for that set. In fact, I would argue it's only worth seeing
0: for that set. But I don't want to upset you, Dan. <laughs>
1: Not on this day. Thank of, you. Not, Thank on, this you. not, no, not, not on this day of all days. Not Not today. I'm a bit fragile. I may just <laughs> leap over this table and bite your throat out. Don't do that. Don't do that. Remain. Remain.
0: Um, Okay, if you want to get in touch with the Empire Podcast We are on Twitter as At Empire Magazine Do use the hashtag Empire Podcast You can uh, also email us Podcast at EmpireOnline.com And we're on Facebook as well Where we are Empire Magazine Okay, so let's talk about the week's news The week's movie news The movie news Dan, easy, down, down boy Uh, What's been happening?
1: Oh, not much Great. <laughs> no, uh, so I th- it seems It seems that the, the big news is, is there's been some uh, revelations about uh, Rogue One, uh, but I think the one that's really excited people uh, is the news that a certain Anakin Skywalker, a.k.a. Dark Lord of the Sith, mm-hmm. Darth Vader, yes. is going to be making an appearance in some form. I've never heard of him. I hope they call him, I hope it just like He turns up and goes Alright Anakin People You know just, He's like Stop calling me that It's Darth now Yeah who who, who would be Saying this to him Um Psychic people <laughs> People who've read The script Okay it Actually it does Bother me in Star Wars When he gets called Darth When uh When 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 um Uh what's his face What's his name Ben Kenobi That one. Yes. Calls him Darth. And it's like, it became obvious after that that Darth became kind of, it was like the title, not the actual name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's weird why we, you know, maybe he was being a bit mocking or something. But yeah, anyway. So, uh, you know. uh, Yeah, exactly. I hope they don't have people in Rogue One just going, all right, Darth. But he also calls him Vader. He calls Vader. Mm, That's better. Mm. More respectful. I don't know
0: maybe he's just being quite formal when, he, when you meet someone in the, in that world maybe it's a bit like saying you can't win Lord or you can't win Sir Maybe Doctor it's a bit like that. Doctor Doctor yes that could be it Doctor Vader yeah Doctor calling the paging <laughs> Doctor Vader um, so that's interesting and and this uh, this comes from uh, a big EW story on Rogue One which hit this week um, and basically if anyone thought that Darth Vader was being added to this movie as an afterthought the, that piece makes it very clear that, that he wasn't that they were actually filming tests on the set of The Force Awakens with Darth Vader, not the real Darth Vader, mm. an actor playing Darth Vader, um, just to make sure that they get the lighting right because it's very very tricky to light him. So you, know, you get the feeling that sometimes these movies, not necessarily Star Wars, but other movies, occasionally Marvel, maybe the DC movies, do tend to wing it as they go along. Uh, but that that's that's this is confirmation that Star Wars or they seem to be planning this one fairly, you know, yeah, openly from the uh, from the beginning. Yeah. Sith just got real, man. Sith just got real. What do you think, Johnny, of this? You excited about Vader's return?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, anything Star Wars, I'd be uh, first in line to see, assuming that uh, James isn't going to see it. Because if <laughs> he is, then he'll
0: be first in line. Yeah. And he knows karate. Actually, he wasn't last time for uh, Force Awakens. He wasn't first in line. Where was he? He was about 17th in line, something like that. Yeah. And it still haunts him to this day. It does yes. haunt him to this day. He's not happy about it. He wasn't happy. Helen and I were ahead of him. I mean, we were behind loads of people. He
1: it's- should redouble his efforts.
0: <laughs> um, but That's it's cool. I mean, it, everything looks good. And the, the character names that came out this week sound very, very good. Very Star Warsy. So we, we've known the cast for some while from Rogue One. We only knew Chin uh, Erso, Flifty Jones' character. But mm-hmm. this week, others were announced, weren't they,
1: Dan? Yes. So we've got Chirrut Imwe. Yep. Who is played by Donnie Yen. Yep. So he's a blind kind of warrior monk, kind of a guy, mm-hmm. like not a Jedi, but inspired by a Jedi. So he doesn't have; he's not force sensitive, but he's a he, he does does Jedi monkey stuff.
2: So okay. he has all the boringness of being a Jedi, but none of the actual magic.
1: Yes, there you go. That seems to be like there life choice. <laughs> but maybe that boringness is 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 balanced against his mate, who is called Baze Malbus. Let's just say that um, again. Baze Malbus. Bays together. Baze Malbus. Bays Malbus. His name Malbus. is Baze Malbus, yes. James Arthur. Yes. what? No, Baze no. Malbus. Yes. Jiang Wen plays, yes. him, okay. plays him. And that's his, that's his kind of buddies. So they're a kind of a double act. Okay. Um, so, uh, but that's not my favourite one. Not Baze Malbus. My favourite one is director Orson Krennick. Orson Krannik. Oh my word! It's he's kind of a it's kind of a name that you kind of it's, it's like as you're saying it, you're kind of walking, and then as you get to Krennick you kind of slide down a, into a pit of darkness and evil. Krannik. So he's a good guy, then, yeah? No, he's played by Ben Mendelsohn.
0: Ah, okay, yes. And he's
1: got really, really white clothes. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Really white clothes. So I like, I like him. Orson Krannik. That's yes. a good name. This That's is a good very good name. We've got Captain Cassian Andor, mm-hmm. which is a bit more classic, I think, in terms yeah. of Star Wars. Uh, that's Diego Luna's character. He's the Rebel officer. Um, and then we've got—I mean, this is this sounds like it should be in a in a Surfer movie, but anyway, Bodhi Rook. Yes. And well, a, what uh, Surfer movie do you mean? I, any any surfer movie I mean you know it's just a generic surfer movie name right I mean there's there's no particular particular surfer movie someone called Bodhi would appear right is so there? it could be in like Blue Juice
2: yeah. or yeah. Like any of that stuff
1: yeah mm. yeah, right. any, anything with blue in the title yeah. yeah, there was probably something in it called Bodhi uh, so that's Riz Ahmed mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so he's a pilot the pilot um, and uh, we have Galen Urso, who is Jin's dad Apparently, played by Mads Mickelson, the amazing Mads Mickelson, best cheekbones in the world, better than Johnny Depp's. That's a that's, that's a big claim to make. It is. Wow. Yeah, you could slice bread with his cheekbones, and okay. I would. So that they're, they're ridged. Yeah, yeah. So you need a serrated edge really to get through bread. I know. Oh, well, right. maybe you could. I could slice ham with his cheekbones. How about uh, okay. that? Okay. Okay. Would you maybe better? Okay, uh, and then there's K. Actually, I'm not sure how to say this. K2SO, would you say it's not K2SO, right? No, I K2SO, don't know. K2SO, K yes, K2SO. Who, of course, is a droid. Yes, um, and he's interesting. This character's interesting. He's played by Alan Tudyk, um, who uh, has played a robot before in iRobot. Yes, he but has. Uh, I think the idea with the K2SO, which I, I really like, is um, so he's a security droid. So he's a bit more. Uh, He's not, so, he's not like C-3PO Polite or R2-D2 Plucky he's more a kind of he'll, he'll rip your arms off um, and uh, he reminds me a bit of uh, the character I believe it's called HK-47 I'm, correct me if I'm wrong I'm going by memory here in the game Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. uh, who referred to all humans as meatbags and uh, was a complete psychopath so uh, they probably won't go that far with K-2SO but I hope they do Wow. i hope they do and finally yes saw guerrera who's that saw mm. guerrera who's that that is um so that's forrest whitaker's character he is actually a character that's appeared before in the star wars in clone wars oh yeah yeah okay. in an episode of clone wars uh where uh yeah he was from the fifth season uh, and Synergy. he he was fighting with uh this uh, against the separatist army and was actually trained by Anakin Skywalker, aka Darth Vader. So there's actually some connection. Oh wow! So whenever they said because earlier on I read that
0: they weren't going to release Forrest Whitaker's name uh just yet because he'd be playing a character we've seen before but in a different guise, and the reason for that is because he's not animated. That's, That's correct. He does look. Yeah, he does look different
1: yeah. to the animated character as well. yes yeah. you know the animated character's got a uh, different coloured eyes okay. for a start. But you okay. know, uh, it's he's, he's the same character. The, actually, look, the character's got a scar, mm-hmm. and it's the same on uh, the Forest Whitaker's face. Holy cow! So, and um, it's all connected, man. Yeah. Is this the first time? Actually, yeah, I'm trying to just thinking this through. Is this the first time that a character created for one of the animated series has now appeared in live action form? Boba Fett
2: Ooh, good knowledge. But I think he was created for Empire Strikes Back and then they did a cartoon. Yeah,
1: they did the thing for the uh, holiday but you special. you still
2: don't know when, which ca- were Forrest Whitaker's character, you don't
1: know what it was actually created for, right? True, true. It's just his first appearance would have been in animated form. Because yeah. obviously there's other characters who exist in the films that have then appeared in animated yeah, form. Yeah, yeah, Uh But whether this is the first time in this universe it's happened that way around. Kit Fisto? Uh, oh, I, was he created by Gendy? Gendy or Jindy Tartakovsky uh, Possibly Oh and actually no Grievous General Grievous So most of them Yeah General Grievous Alright fine I've, oh. I, There we go uh, No Singh, he wasn't Aura Singh appears in the podcast
0: race In Phantom Menace, And right. she was Extended Universe before okay. And she doesn't get any lines But you know So it, 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 occasionally the Expanded Universe Extended Universe Which is now non-canon Apart from Clone Wars and some books Yeah And uh, did bleed into the into the main films, but this is this is interesting. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. And presumably, he's a way into Darth to uh, to Darth Vader's appearance as well. So, yeah. okay, cool. That's good. Um, and I, I love those names as well. I have to say those Star Wars names are fantastic uh, because it's very very difficult to do a good Star Wars name. I mean, there's there's the the time honored way of doing it. I've I've just googled this. Uh, so apparently, how you you determine your Star Wars honorific name and title is. Let's see if we can all do this in May. You guys can play along at home as well. Uh, you take the last three letters right. of your last name okay. and reverse them. So, Dan, you would be. Mill. Nil. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling that way today.
0: Johnny, you would be. Eli. Eli. Okay, this is good. And I would be. T. <laughs> okay. Then you add the name of the first car you drove or owned. What? So the first car I owned was a Ford car. So I'll go car. So I'm T car. Nice. And you're Eli V W (laughs) Polo. Pistachio green. I'll take Polo. Eli Polo. Okay,
1: Dan. Well, that makes me Nil Mini. (laughs) That sucks.
0: Um, Then you insert the word of, and then you tack on the name of the last medication you took. What? So I am. I am. uh, oh god I don't know what the last medication I took was because it was a painkiller in France I'm just going to say uh, aspirin, Nurofen yeah L'aspirine <laughs> Nurofen I'm oh, sorry I'm TK of Nurofen Johnny I have literally no idea <laughs> <laughs> Eli Polo of uh, come back to me and I'll think I have no, I have no idea just think you never get sick do you like the last on a Krypton
2: I took a pain, a strong painkiller because I
0: um, cracked my ribs ok that's probably ibuprofen
2: no, it was like, I don't know, it began with a C, I don't know Oh,
0: yeah, was. yeah, um, uh, yeah, I know the one you're talking about, it's like co- cocodine or something like that, or cocaine, that's, that's what it is, there no, is. Uh, what was it, it's codeine or something like that, Coca- but it wasn't like codeine, that. it was something more medical. Okay, something more medical. More, so, more NHSE. Eli Polo of something more NHSE, and Dan? Neil Minnie of Simbicort. That's pretty good. What, is, what, is, what is a
1: SymbiCort? SymbiCort is a dry powder inhaler for uh, my asthma medication. Right. Yeah.
0: That's You redeemed it there at the yeah. end. See, Mini, I thought yeah. you were... You know, that could be a yeah. reference to... It's because there's, so there's, so, there's
1: so much bad atmosphere is, in this country at the moment that I uh, okay. have to take uh, asthma we're, medication. We're shutting
0: it down. We're shutting it down. Films only. Films only. What else is happening in the world of film news? So Universal are also trying to establish their shared universe of movie monsters. So they're filming The Mummy at the moment with Tom Cruise and Annabelle Wallace and Russell Crowe with uh, Sophia Batella in the title role. And now word reaches us this week that the Wolfman may be up next and they want Dwayne Johnson to somehow find time in his busy schedule
1: to star in the, in that movie. How is that possible? What do you mean, how is that possible? How, he, how can he have time? Isn't he like, you know, like Doc Savage and Shazam and... Whoever he is in Fast and Furious, Jumanji, <laughs> yeah. And, and
0: yeah, the Jumanji man, San Andreas, two, yeah, and all sorts of movies, uh, and Central Intelligence. You know that did pretty well the box office. So there might be a sequel to land so, you, you know, it you, you, it's ridiculous. But this is a man who gets up every day at four in the morning, which is stupid. I'm not even sure that time exists. And then has a full day, so he could probably film two films a day, two complete films a day. So
2: actually, what you're saying is. He's wasting a lot of his time because he's got nowhere near that many films coming
0: out. No, he should have. We should, next year, on conservative estimate, we should have seven to 800 films starring Dwayne Johnson. If he really pulled his finger out. And where are they? Where, where are, are they? they, Dwayne? Where are they? Come right here know. and fight us. Yeah. Start with Johnny, hmm. then go to Neil mini of, I what was it? Simbicourt. Symbicord That's a great name. That's, a, that's like a bad guy organisation in a sci-fi movie. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, Get through these two, and then I'll be waiting just to you know run as fast as I bloody can.
1: But geez, 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 if if I was the Rock, yeah, if I was Dwayne, yeah, I'd be a bit wary of going back to Universal monster franchises. Um, yes, okay, a good point. Because look what they did to him in the in the Scorpion King in the Mummy Returns. Look what they did to him.
0: Look what they did. Look what they did to my boy.
1: Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. It was just, that just wasn't, that just wasn't One good. One of the worst
0: special effects in
1: the history of yeah. movies. and I've seen Die Another Day. <laughs> uh, same year, wasn't it? I think so. No, the year no, before yeah. Mummy Returns was Around 2001. Bad, bad era. Bad yeah. era for CGI. Bad um, but yeah, I mean, maybe... But then again, I suppose then he did do the Scorpion pinking after that, so he wasn't that bothered. Mm. Uh, but I, is that... I mean, he's a big fella. I mean, isn't it more interesting if the Wolfman Wolfman's more of a normal kind of a person when they're not a werewolf?
0: Possibly. I don't know. I don't, I'm not running this this franchise. Yeah. But yeah. More the pity, Chris. I know. It would be awesome. Should we put a request out? Yeah. yeah. Say it now. Yeah. This yeah. is yeah. your this is your moment. Come on, Hollywood. You know what's what. Put me in charge. Yay! Every film is a remake of Event Horizon. <laughs> All of a sudden, Sean Pertwee is in every single movie. Uh, that would be interesting. But yeah, the, so they're not touching Dracula right away, which I find intriguing. Um, That's quite uh,
1: recent, though, the last Dracula, right? Yeah. Well, so's the
2: Wolfman. Yeah. I keep on Apparently. saying Wolfman as the as
0: Wolfman. <laughs> so's <is> Wolfman.
2: Well, <laughs> I still can't say it right.
0: <laughs> the Wolfman. The Wolfman. The Wolfman. The wolfman. The wolfman. Yeah. There you go. The Wolfmans live next door. Yeah. yeah. They're a lovely couple. Reg and Irene and Wolfman is Wolfman from Gladiators (laughs) yes (laughs) Wolfman so Wolfman (laughs) Wolfman Wolfman the Wolfman the Wolfman yeah I don't know Uh, that was very recent you're right the one with Benicio Del Toro that wasn't that recent right that wasn't that recent Dracula Untold Dracula Untold Dracula was, was not meant to be part of this in fact that film's colossal failure is one of the big reasons why I think they decided to try and do the shared universe of monsters, just like they did back in the old days.
1: So, mm. but with, with Van Helsing.
0: With Van Helsing, just like we did back in 2004 <laughs> with Van Helsing. Um, During the era of bad CG. But again, do you feel this is a little example of maybe running before you can walk? I mean, you've got The Mummy, you've got Tom Cruise, you've got Russell Crowe. It's probably going to be a big, big film, but... Don't you want to wait and to see what happens to that film before you go down the line with a sequel or a, a, a second installment in that franchise that people may not want?
2: I mean, it's fi- I think it's fine to like do some like forward planning, but don't announce it to everyone.
0: Yeah, because then you the look, then you look daft. You do.
2: Should it go wrong? Which I don't think it will. Yeah. I, mean, I Tom Cruise, I think actually, rarely makes bad films. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's on a very, all the streak. And in fact, this week this is relevant to our interests the The trailer for Jack Reach and Never Go Back came out directed by Ed Swick and in fact next week in Empire the new wish of Empire which hits uh, next Thursday you can see uh, an exclusive image from the film in the pages of Empire and also read Ed Swick talking about the film for the first time which is very very intriguing um, but yeah Jack Reach and Never Go Back the trailer came out this week I really liked it yeah me too yeah, it's um, it's solid stuff. I mean, I'm hopeful for the for the film. This seems to me, I mean, as much as I really like Chris McQuarrie's take, this seems to me to be a bit more confident about who Reacher is so far in this in this take on it. He's a man who doesn't say very much. He's much more of a puncher in this one. He's much more of a one man army in the trailer, certainly, so to speak. And Kobe Smulders' character, uh, Susan Turner, who teams up with him throughout the course of the movie, calls him Reacher and not Jack. Nobody did that in the first movie, but I just think that's a nice bit of the Reacher mythology.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the book is a, is very different. Actually, well, it's not yeah. very different. I mean, let's not go crazy here. It's not a uh, War and Peace to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to Killing Floor, but yeah, you know, one shot was very much a um, set in one location, and it was a mystery story about one. But this is very much Reacher doing what Reacher now does, which is. Mm. Bit of a journey, mm. bit of punching, mm. more journeying. Have some coffee, <laughs> more punching, and you know it's, it's very much um, made to be an action film in the way that possibly
0: one shot isn't because you've got so much plot to get through in one yeah, shot. Absolutely, and of course the interesting thing about one shot as well is that it's one of the very, very, very few books, and I know this, and you know this, having read the the entire Richard Can a couple of times at least. I did a reread recently, um, where Richard doesn't. Um, how can I put this? delicately make the um, love make the sweet love to the sweet ladies yeah, and uh, that, I thought it was very interesting introducing a sort of in, in one shot introducing a sort of a sexual asexual reacher someone who you know who was very much focused on the task in hand rather than the uh, you know the task in both hands and I, I you know I thought that that was an interesting way to go but in this way in this movie clearly he and Kobe Smulders will be um, getting some smouldering tension going will they? yeah they will Okay, They will. I'm sure. They do in the book. Uh, so how do we get into that? Oh yeah, Tom Cruise. The Mummy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to Jack Reacher Never Goes Back. And I'm also looking forward to a movie that was released this week. Uh, announced this week, rather. Uh, it's called, very simply, Mom and Dad. It's directed by Brian Taylor, who's one half of the Maniacs who directed the uh, the Crank films. Uh, so there's Mark Nebeldean and Brian Taylor. Uh, they've both gone their separate ways, creatively speaking at least for now. Um, they've obviously worked Brian Taylor's worked with Nick Cage before so he and Selma Blair will star in this movie about a teenage girl and a little brother not played by Selma Blair and Nick Cage who have to survive uh, an onslaught from their parents when for some reason their parents become psychopaths for 24 hours so that sounds like a cool, fun, balls out horror film premise to me and Nick Cage is on the, dare I say it said a little bit of a renaissance at the moment Really? Doggy Dog is meant to be, you know, it was well received in Cannes. Meant to be batshit crazy. The Trust, even though it went direct to video over here, got good reviews. Uh, and I feel I, he's. I thought they did get direct to video, did it? It uh, did over here. No, it When did it go cinema? One cinema, week. yeah. Cinema one week. It went direct to video in the States, right? Uh, and it has, it's got good reviews. People saying it actually is quite decent. Uh, so maybe he's beginning to turn it around a little bit from the sort of direct to video swill that he's been doing for the last
1: few years. Yeah, Cage has always been, you know, sort of shall we say varied you kind of sort of dodging, <laughs> dodging around between the awful and and, and, and the great um, so yeah I mean uh, but no that is that is, that is a one hell of a premise and it's, it's just great when you can get excited about a film based on nothing other than the fact that you really like the idea inherent in the story mm. as opposed to it you know being the follow up to this thing that you like or the movie version of that thing that you read that you liked
2: yeah mm. I mean I can't really think of a time when that's gone poorly like Snakes on a Plane or any of these things. <laughs> yeah. like You just hear the premise and you know the movie's going to be amazing and then it is.
1: Yeah.
0: We should do a new exactly. story on it every month until yeah, it comes we out. We should do, yeah. Because I, uh, what was it? I, when Snakes on a Plane came out, we were so excited about the film. We did a monthly countdown. Do you remember this, Dan? Yeah. In the magazine? Yeah. And uh, every month, I think it was, yeah, I think every month I spoke to David R. Ellis, uh, rest his soul, uh, who's the director of the movie. And, uh, yeah, just got... We, we, we focused on a new bit of Snakes in a Plane Mania every single issue. Somehow, managed to eke it out for, like, seven or eight months because the, the internet was going batshit crazy. It was one of those very, very instructive moments when you realise a film comes out flat and you realise necess- that the internet doesn't necessarily reflect the rest of the movie going populous.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a great story of a film as opposed to a great film. Yeah.
0: Still quite a fun film in certain yeah. places. Yeah. It's got some stuff going for it. You know, it's all right. Um, and speaking of, we were talking about how um, Nick Cage is in a sort of DTV hell at the moment. Um, Bruce Willis has been like that for the last while as well. He's making a lot of very generic, interchangeable action movies with very generic, interchangeable names. Uh, so I was intrigued this week to see him uh, team up with Eli Roth for the remake of Death Wish, which has been mooted for Years and has had so many directors attached to it. Most recently, of course, Joe Carnahan tried to get it off the ground, and there was talk he might do it with Frank Grillo. But now it seems to uh, it seems to be Eli Roth, who seems to be consciously trying to step away, I think, from horror and reinvent himself a little bit. I think his last couple of horror movies, Knock Knock and The Green Inferno, didn't do that well at the box office. Uh, so he's trying yes. to maybe step into a different arena.
1: Yes, because oh. there's nothing horrific at all about a right wing vigilante fantasy. <laughs>
0: Well, it is. If you point out the the, the flaws of that right-wing vigilante fantasy, then you can have a very interesting movie. The interesting thing about, uh, and perhaps the the appalling thing about Michael Winner's Death Wish movies is that they're very clearly on the side of Charles Bronson's Paul Kersey. Death Wish 3 in particular, which is, if you haven't seen Death Wish 3, Death Wish 1 and Death Wish 2 are appalling. They're all appalling films. Hmm. But Death Wish 1 and Death Wish 2 are, you know, there's just something really horrible and transgressive about it. There's really nasty depictions of rape and murder and it's just they leave a bad taste in your mouth mm. Death Wish 3 is an insane film it's a demented film it's not a good film by any stretch of imagination but if you haven't seen it go and check it out it's it's this weird effed up why do they say effed up I've just sworn in the podcast it's you know it's just this weird reactionary demented vigilante tale with Bronson at the at the centre of it and a, a mad shootout on a roof near the end It's it's really weird Anyway, we're working. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's I get sidetracked these days sometimes. But you're not a fan of Death which is what you're saying. No, 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 uh, no, no. Neither no. am I. That's no. the thing. But at the same time, this, this franchise has notoriety and has a certain uh, brand value. And so I'm intrigued to see what someone like Eli Roth, who gets a lot of flack, but each of his movies has a political point and something to say, can do with this subject matter plus I think Bruce Willis needs a strong director. I really do. I, I, I think his best performances in the last five, five, six years or so have come with directors who've been willing to engage with him or at least try to engage with him, whether it's Wes Anderson in Moonrise Kingdom or Ryan Johnson in Looper. Otherwise, most of the time you'll get that phoned-in Bruce Willis. Mm. And I, I'm hopeful that uh, Eli can, can engage and, and, and find the great actor that is is there under the surface. Well, I think...
2: Yeah, certainly. If you have Bruce Willis with a no-mart director doing Death Wish, then you know the assumption will be that it'll be garbage. But and again, yeah. if you have Eli Roth doing it with a cast that doesn't um, intrigue you either, again you feel like it will be an, an Eli it will go the same way as recent Eli right, Roth films. But this, mm. you know, feels like perhaps there's a reason in the script or whatever for them both doing it and doing it together.
0: Yeah. And there may also have been a reason why this film has been tough to get made. I mean, uh, it's, it's gone through so many many people and Joe Carnan, you know, maybe not as hot as he once was, but uh, he couldn't get it off the ground. So maybe there's something in that. Maybe there's something, maybe, maybe this film will get made. It wouldn't be the first time Eli Roth's attached himself to a movie and it not get made. So we shall see. And just very, very quickly before we talk uh, about the, the tragic news by Anton Yelchin, uh, is news that uh, Rumi Rapace will be an alien covenant after all. Uh, apparently she's in Australia right now. She's shooting lots of scenes as Elizabeth Shaw for Alien Covenant, which is interesting. She wasn't announced in the cast at first. Um, certain reports and rumors we've had is that her character wasn't in the film, or isn't in the film, or doesn't play a big part in the film. But uh, there she is. Apparently she's on set. So they didn't replace her, pace? They didn't me replace her. No. Who knows? Could be. It could be intriguing to see what comes with that one. Yeah. And then of course um, there is the the horrible. Tragic news that happened. Uh, that, uh, that happened on Sunday night when Anton Yelchin, uh, such a wonderful, wonderfully talented and vibrant young actor, just twenty-seven years old, passed away in tragic, horrible circumstances uh, in L.A. I won't go into the details of what happened, um, but uh, just absolutely horrendous news.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh Obviously, he has. Uh, he's new. He's you know the new Chekhov uh, was the new Chekhov in the Star Trek films, and uh, uh, that's a big thing. But I mean, you know, I, I got a real sense. Uh, Green Room is one of my favourite films I've seen so far this year. Yeah, it's a great film. And one of the reasons that film works so well is because of Yelchin's performance in it. He he really, really holds it together, and 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 he's really kind of you know the 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 the, the audience is you know uh, the voice in a way in that film and. Um, I really felt watching that I thought okay this is I'm feeling a moment starting yeah. here and I'm not just saying that because it's what's happened this week uh, and uh was 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 interesting to see how that would would move him on you know uh and clearly it's, it's you know th- that's what's happened is just uh snatched that potential away from from us so uh so yeah that's that's you know just from that from that perspective, it's it's absolutely terrible. But uh, you know, in terms of in Star Trek, I thought he occupied that particular character very well, and I can't actually you know there's there's nothing he's done this, but I actually really liked him in Terminator Salvation. I thought he was really good casting for a young Kyle Reese mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, I, I like what he brought to that movie. So um, so yeah, it's absolutely awful. I mean, as it always is when when somebody talented suddenly is you know torn away from the world very suddenly and unexpectedly. Absolutely.
0: He was a really, really, really fascinating actor from a very young age. I mean, I I remember seeing him in Hearts of Atlantis. He was very, very good in that. Uh, He was in Along Came a Spider, the uh, James Patterson adaptation with Morgan Freeman. Um, He's really, really great in an episode of uh, Criminal Minds, uh, which is a show, obviously, I love, um, and will mention at every opportunity. But he was just one of those people who was very, very solid and very, very good and very likable in a lot of movies, whether it was, you know, like Crazy or Star Trek or, you know, Charlie Bartlett. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and uh, I I think he was a a fine fit in the Star Trek universe. And uh, from all reports, I never met him. Did you ever have the pleasure? Never had the pleasure, no. Never Never, never interviewed him. Um, But from all reports, people who have interviewed him and who'd worked with him, it was, was, again... uh, Fascinating and uh, moving to watch the outpouring of love and emotion for him last week uh, on Twitter from people who had just worked with him, including uh, Jeremy Solnier, who was you know very very open and honest about their relationship together and said that in a weird way Anton Yelchin had been his mentor, not the other way around, Um, and he was just a very very likeable very nice very inquisitive intellectually restless guy who uh, you know didn't take acting that seriously and uh, I think the, the, the overriding image I'll, I'll take away from this week is the image of him on set of a movie shielding a, a group of ducks as they cross the road with an umbrella uh, I think you know that just sums him up for me in, in a weird way but uh, mm. uh, a, a great talent and uh, taken from us far far too soon at the age of 27 Anton Yelchin who died this week Okay, so let's uh, have this week's guest on. uh, Independence Day Resurgence opens in the UK this week, and our spoiler special on the film, featuring a long interview with the director Roland Emmerich, will be out next week. All being well, we have yet to record. section of that Uh, the movie stars of course the legendary Jeff Goldblum uh, back as David Levinson and when he came to London recently Nick De had the honour of an audience with the most idiosyncratic eccentric capricious wonderful acting entity on this earth enjoy
3: we are ecstatic to have Jeff Goldblum on the Empire podcast. Ah, How are you, sir? My ecstasy
4: or leaps your own.
3: Uh, <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Yeah, it's a very sunny uh, Monday morning. I it's a know. Nice time to be chatting.
4: It sure is. It's it's very nice. I like all kinds of weather though. I like your foggy days. Do you know that song? Give us a, give us a bit of it. Uh, a foggy day in London town. You don't know it? I don't. I don't. You're not a, you familiar with it. Well, I feel now responsible for, for um, introducing to it, to you. But you should look it up. And I'll hear it goes a little bit like that. A foggy day in London town. Had me low, had me down. I viewed the morning with alarm. The British Museum had lost its charm. How long, I wondered, could this thing last? But the age of miracles hadn't passed. Because suddenly, I saw you there, Nick. And through foggy London town, the sun was shining everywhere. That's a foggy day in London town. Wow! Yeah, you'll see. That's a, my poor version of it, but you'll uh, but but the lyrics are lovely, uh, aren't they? Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And and but you'll hear Tony. But you'll hear everybody singing that. That's a lovely song.
3: And is the British Museum somewhere you, you go to when you're in London, or what do you get up to? Oh,
4: you know, whatever the uh, my obligation is. You know, I'm rarely here just on a, a lark at my own you know you know free scheduling you know i mean what i'm up to now is you know talking about this movie this independence day resurgence and talk sitting here with you but i I wouldn't rather be doing anything else th- than this and then all of this it's t- you know i'm here touring the touring the press uh you know places with uh roland emmerich Uh, Roland Emmerich the director who's a brilliant wonderful director who did the first one who did this one too and a good friend he's a delightful model of a human being and with Liam Hemsworth a fine actor we shared a lot of laughs and a great time making it and we're hanging out doing this yeah and he's a great great character too perfect for these kinds of parts he's a he's a deeply decent uh man and um and very gifted and fun to hang out with. It's a,
3: it's a very exciting month for us because you're on the cover of Empire for the first time since The Lost World.
4: I was on the cover you for The You were on Lost the cover World?
3: with some velociraptors and now, now here you are again with a... Uh, oh, with I think it.
4: I remember that cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's a great honor. Boy, oh boy. And that's a <laughs> heck of a nice looking picture.
3: You're getting Jeez. kind of up close and personal with, uh, with a xenomorph. With a what? A xenomorph, an alien. A xenomorph? Xenomorph.
4: Xenomorph I believe that's the term I'd never heard that In my life What's Where do you get that From From the alien movies I think Xenomor- called- Xenomorph oh, oh, oh the alien movies They call them Xenomorph I wonder what's The mm-hmm. derivation of that yeah. but, but there I am Yes But looking unflappable Look I'm just looking At you the camera As if This thing doesn't Bother me I'm about to, I hope this guy Knows what he's Getting in for Because I'm about To snap these tentacles And use them As a whip Against him. Give him the old One two <laughs> That's right I look pretty tough in there don't it's I? pretty great it's pretty yeah, great thanks thanks for doing that no problem and it got me thinking that
3: uh, you, you have only this is only your second sequel yeah. as far as i know wait and wait you've been on the cover both times Let's for a sequel so. hey i'm a sequel or hey sequel guy are, are good yeah. for me so far well good and was independence day resurgence what is it was it better the second time around
4: Lion Dependence Day is so much better the second time around. Yes, yes, of course it was. I mean, it was lovely the first time. I it was it would have been, and if nothing had ever happened besides shooting it, it would have been a delightful dream come true and a great experience. But then people liked it, and da 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 da. And they've been showing it, and 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 uh, Roland Emmerich was uh, uh, encouraged to make the second one along with Dean Devlin, and. I couldn't be more thrilled and yeah, I think it was better. I'll tell you, working with Bill Pullman, I spent more quality time with him, and maybe something in me was more available to enjoy him and appreciate him more, as well as my dad played by Judd Hirsch. Uh, Brent Spiner, delightful. Uh Ceele Ward, of course, is the first female American president. I love that character. It was great spending time with her. We're gonna spend we're gonna go to Mexico City together to, to do some press. That'll be fun. We and we were at the White House Correspondence Dinner together me with my wife and her with her husband we met Barack Obama I love him so there are perks to this whole little tour can you imagine and then the new people in the cast like Liam Hemsworth a great great man of course and a fine actor um and uh, a decent, decent fellow to his core. Decent, a model of decency and character. And, uh, and I did scenes with Charlotte Gansbourg. You know her? Mm, yeah. Hey, I like met? her music. Oh, she's a great musician and a great actress and a great artiste and a great person. Have you ever met her? I've not, no. She's in town just for today. She flew in. Then she's going back to New York. But boy, I sure felt... Grateful to work with her. What a wonderful, wonderful person she is. Yeah,
3: no, it's an exciting cast, and I believe this is your first time in a spacesuit in a movie. Am I right? Hey, you're right. I mean, you'd have
4: have to have done your homework, <laughs> but I believe you're right. I don't think I've ever put on a you know a moon like an astronaut's outfit. If that's probably not what you call it, but whatever it was, I had one of those on with Liam Hemsworth. We were we were uh, floating around uh, in those things for a few days. What do you think of that? And they, they, the production, which was very big, spent one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I don't know what that is in pounds these days. I don't know if people would know what dollars are. That's what we we use in America for currency. We call our money dollars. There, one hundred and fifty thousand of them per suit. That's a hell of a suit. You've never had a suit more than five dollars. Five dollars? <laughs> no, you're a, you're a natty guy. I, I, I doubt that. But um, but how about that? But as much as they spent on them, they were. I don't mean to, to to complain, but they were a little heavy and hot and uncomfortable. Yeah. But anyway, we we, we did our best. But I like being an astronaut. How about that? I got a few
3: uh, a few sort of random quick fire questions. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like did random you, and I like quick. Did you get to keep your chopped off fingers from the movie Grand Budapest Hotel?
4: I did not. Nor did I ask. We were just talking. To Lauren, uh, our wonderful uh, publicist, my friend here, we were talking. I, I I'm not a saver of things and a memorabilist. If that's a word. So I didn't keep, I didn't keep those, but that was a neat trick that they did that, that Willem Dafoe, that guy, he chopped him off, didn't he? Oh, we've yeah. had a couple of run-ins in a couple of movies. Yeah, he chopped my face <laughs> off. Yeah, how about that? Okay, next question.
3: Okay, next question. Um, you and I both pop up in Jurassic World because I was an extra in that movie. I, I, I lose no opportunity to, to brag about it. And you, you popped up because your face was on a, on a book. Did you know that was going to happen when you they saw it? They called
4: me before and said, may we do this? I think they asked permission. I said, mm. most certainly. Mm. I'd be greatly honored if I, were, if I were on a book in that movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do
3: you have a do you have a copy of that book? Did they send you one? Cuz no, that would be a they, nice No, they one didn't. To have... No.
4: Yeah. You know, like I say, I don't keep things, but you know, that would be a cherished cherished object. What did you pl- you were an extra? I was I was in a crowd scene. You would not spot me. But unless- still, the the camera didn't follow you for a couple hours, but you must have <laughs> come up with a whole character. Any even Extra has, has could be the could be the, the star of their own movie. What was your story in my
3: mind? Well, the, the director Colin actually came up with a, a backstory for me when they met. What were you? What, what, what uh, were I was you? Edmund, a an unlucky British tourist. Um, but let's not that's not waste our time talking about. <laughs> I love that. Okay, well, I'm going to
4: look it up. That's good. <laughs> you were kind of you had a very small part in Death Wish. I did. It was my first movie ever, long before you were born, 1973. I played Freak Number One. Did you come up with a
3: backstory for Freak number 1, as I did with Edmund?
4: I might have, you know. Yeah, I might have. I'm not a, I'm not a formulaic kind of – I'm nothing if not conscientious. I prepare. But, you know, detailing a whole backstory sometimes is useful to me and sometimes not. Anyway, that was my first thing, and I was a humble student, as I still am. And I, I was learning. I was a se- seed. I was a little mustard seed at that point. I don't know what I did. <laughs> How was Michael Winner? Michael he- Winner. He gave me a fantastic piece of direction. He was known as a yeller and a screamer, and he screamed at me the first time I ever had him shot in a movie. I was rehearsing, so-called. I didn't know what that was, really. And the the, the camera was following me, practicing its move as we were skulking up the stairs. And he said, Goldblum, start acting now! He screamed at me, and it shook shook me up. But you know, the more I've thought about it over these last four decades, I think it's a very good a good bit of direction. Yeah, you know, I've tried to teach acting, and I'm a kind of a craft geek. But you know, really, it boils down to start acting now. Uh, that's kind of all there is to say, really. Yeah. yeah. Independence Day
3: resurgent has the most terrifying alien invasion since Earth Girls Are Easy yes Which, that was uh, me who
4: invaded that's right Thank so you. how was that experience delightful julian temple a very hip sophisticated uh, director had done absolute beginners before that and showed us speaking of um, movies that he educated me with before the fact as homework was the girl can't help it that he thought was kind of in the vein and tone do you know that movie i've not seen that one. No, you I've should look that, that up uh boy is that something the girl can't help it the girl can't help it it's a kind of a musical and it's colorful and kind of uh it's, it's it's good anyway yeah he was great and how was that Yeah, it was great i loved the whole experience and you know i was blue they painted me and, and it was fun jim carrey was in that of course and uh, uh, yeah fun and you're
3: gonna be blue in uh, this is a good segue, yeah. In four Ragnarok,
4: that's an excellent segue. And you're wearing blue, so you're, a, you're in your blue period. <laughs> Just to ask that question, you look like a Picasso painting. If you had a, a guitar and you were in a droopy, you know, kind of plastique. And it's I not because one of my eyes is higher than the other one. I but like. I know who you look like. I'm good at this game. You would be a young Keanu Reeves, I'll a take young it. handsome Keanu Reeves. I'll take it. Thank Don't you have people said you look like him?
3: before? Uh, that has never happened. But well, thank you very much. I think you do. I think
4: that's a good one. I've been told so, to Ross from friends, but uh, never can yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, or David Schwimmer from Friends. Same, same. Oh, that's He was Ross, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I should have watched that more. (laughs) uh, Study up on my friends. Uh, But your question was blue. Yeah, I'm going to be in that Thor Ragnarok uh, movie that I love, that director Taika Waititi. Yeah. uh, Who did, created with uh, Jermaine Clement, uh, the... uh, flight of the concords and did uh what we do in the shadows which is very good and
3: his new one has sam neill in it so it's a bit of a you
4: know i, can't, I want to see through. that that's the last one he did I, I hear great things about that and i had a meeting with him i i love him and boy good actors in that movie not only chris hemsworth i love all those hemsworths and their parents i met what a great family good stock and uh, kate Blanchett, anthony hopkins my golly, jeez, that's going to be fun. And Australia—I've never mm. been there except to do these little publicity things. We just came back from there, uh, Sydney, you know. But I'll be in Brisbane for three weeks or a month, and Emily and Charlie Ocean will join me. And what's
3: exciting about the Grandmaster for you? Because he's—he's he's a kind of a playful Eldritch. Yeah, you're doing you're doing a kind of thing with your hand, which implies I'm that already. He's, well, I'm
4: doing what you're doing. I'm already <laughs> taking my cue from you, because you probably know more about the grandmaster than I do. But I, I'm a, I'm a sponge at this point. I'm researching, but yes, playful. I could do that. I could do something playful, and he's a pleasure hedonist, a kind of a pleasure seeker and uh, enjoyer of uh, life and tastes and smells and. So I can do that, I'll bet, and yeah, I'm working on my part every day. I am.
3: What are you? What are you doing for research? Because you're kind of famous
4: for your your very in depth. For the fly, you you actually caught a fly. Yeah, I don't know if that should make me famous, but uh, <laughs> yeah, anybody would have done the same thing. I looked at a fly. I was supposed to play the fly, and I looked at a fly and saw how the fly moved around and took a little information from that. I think. Well, I'm I'm studying the script and my part mostly. I'm I'm figuring out how to, I'm practicing my. My lines, and he's he's encouraged me to improvise and kind of make it my own, so to speak. So I'm kind of evolving and tweaking, uh, sort of my version of it. I hope he doesn't uh, kick me out on the first day. You know? Amazing.
3: All right, Jeff Goldblum. Thank you so much for thank joining so us. Much. Thank you, thank and for calling me, Kenny
4: Reeves. Well, Kenny Reeves, I'll take y- it. Are you spitting image? <laughs> yeah. I'll pay you later. <laughs> ah, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Thank you. So that was Jeff Goldblum with Nick Dissemly and very very jealous once again of Nick Oh man 20 minutes of Jeff Goldblum what I wouldn't give Hang on that sounds weird uh, So let's kick off the review section with Independence Day Resurgence Interesting sort of spectrum of opinions in this room but let's start with Dan Jolin I got the official one <laughs> Who wrote the official Empire Review
1: Independence Day in- Independence Dan Dance resurgence. Um, so, yeah, so, okay, well... Set, set the scene. What, what is this set movie? Set the scene. So 20 years on, because it is 20 years on. It's mm-hmm. actually 20 years on for us, right? Yeah. From? From Independence Day, the attack by the unnamed aliens, the locusts, the harvesters, mm-hmm. which is weird cause it makes me think of a shit restaurant. Which came uh, just at, after
0: um, uh, Euro 2000 and Euro, Euro
1: 96. You're right. Which just came after that. You're right. Yeah. It did. Um, and um, so, yeah, so Independence Day great fun huge box office hit made the career of Roland Emmerich uh, 20 years on and you could argue Will Smith and Will yes you can argue Will Smith mm-hmm. um, and uh, so it's 20 years on for us and it's back uh, but in their world it's quite different in the world of Independence Day uh, we start and everything's different from what we uh, know. For a start, you know, there's there's it's been world peace for twenty years. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, that's great. Um, you know, because the only thing that would bring the world together would be an alien attack. Many people believe, but we've also got the technology of uh, the aliens as well. So it's kind of it's a funny one. It starts off uh, like almost like a pure sci-fi film. You know, Earth is of Earth in in 2016, in that world is a very different place. Uh, but those aliens are coming back, and they come. Come back, and they come back with a bigger spaceship. It's three thousand miles in diameter. This thing, and it swoops down on Earth. Yes, it has its own gravity around it. It does. Uh, I'm sure that because because science, and <laughs> um, and it swoops down, and it plucks up. It goes over. It picks up half of Asia and dumps it on Europe. London, and, to be precise. Yeah, London. So we, get, we the, get the Burj Khalifa up our wazoo. The ultimate um, Brexit. Uh, yes. Let's no, not go there. <laughs> and, um, and so this is, to me, this is Roland Emmerich, just, just like just going back to that thing that made his career and just having a ball just having a great time and he's never taking it too seriously I mean okay he's he, there's, there's some points there about you know world unity and the things that divide us and, and it's got some ideas in it about the, the different generations there's a generation uh, which Jeff, Jeff Goldblum obviously is part of and Bill Pullman uh, who's back as President Whitmore although mm-hmm. he's very damaged by having the aliens inside his head briefly all those years only ago only
0: interesting character in the film
1: um, look you can have your say in a minute alright let me finish um, and so you've got that older generation then there's younger generation the generation of orphans the people that lost their parents and that uh, that you know grew up expecting this return kind of a very mobilised society uh-huh. so there's all these ideas in it but really you're just watching it just to see how big and silly and yes it's completely ridiculous I mean there's one bit where Goldblum basically looks to camera and, and delivers a singer. and and you, you, you just, and it and it, it ends with the audience being directly addressed by a character as well, just basically you know, putting their hands up in the air, and you know this is not a spoiler, and and shouting something basically to the audience. Emmerich knows his crowd, and he's here to please them. So let's not take it too seriously. Let's just go along, party like it's nineteen ninety-six. Oh, cause were we standards for movies much lower
0: back then is that is that why we're accepting this no okay it's just i'm i'm just curious i want to it was it was, I, yeah. it was a
1: good time it was a fun time it was fun times <laughs> we're going to hash um, it out properly i'm yeah. not going
0: to i'm not going to pollute this with my opinions about this dreadful film yeah. um too much i'm going to leave it to you Official Empire review uh, yeah. In fairness I'm the only one in the office Who doesn't like this movie Everyone else came out Spread Smiles on their faces Three stars Johnny Four stars Dan Other people four Other people three This fine It's okay We'll hash it out In the spoiler special Then I will air All my grievances With this movie We'll have a good old Chunk of time yeah. It'll be fine yeah. uh, Johnny What did you think?
2: I thought it was a three Yeah Um. Well basically I think I think the first one Is a four And yeah. I don't think It's as good as that Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes it, but I still think it's a good film. So I think it's a, I think it's a three. I don't think the setup is quite as effective, no. but I think uh, Independence Day actually the first thirty minutes to forty five minutes are um, impeccable. That uh, building of tension, and then suddenly you have that big release as the White House gets hit, and the U.S. Bank Tower, and the uh, Empire State <laughs> Building, uh, they all go. And uh, I think I think that's wonderful, and you don't get. The same kind of thing, because there's there's, an, there's another alien thing that comes in a big white floaty ball thing, yeah. and it's not entirely as clear cut what's going on. Yeah. And then there's a weird thing in a paddy field in the in the alien ship. So things are stranger this time round. Things aren't uh, quite as as pure. Yeah. But I think it's I do think it's a good time. I. I I would recommend people went to see. In fact, I would recommend that they watch the first one to refresh themselves, and then went to uh, to see this one. And just had a nice time at the cinema.
1: I did that actually. I watched Independence Day uh, like the week before. Okay. Uh, before I knew I was going to see this, so I just thought let's you know set myself up. And I totally, totally actually agree with that point that you just made, Johnny, which is it's in my review about the build up not being as good. I mean, part of it is you're watching a different world to start with. You're not watching your own world. So yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. you kind of lose that sort of element of, but th- the, the, the of, you know familiarity. But
0: they have that weird nod familiarity where they have seemingly rebuilt entire cities uh, down to 1996 specifications. So London, which gets destroyed in the first movie, is just there, mm. rebuilt with mm. the London Eye mm. as well, which is uh, intriguing. And they rebuild Washington with the White House. Um, I thought this was a clumsily written and clumsily made movie. I thought that the uh, the I'll get into it in spoiler special, but I I don't agree with the I, I I I do agree with you because I think the build up is clumsy. I think the spaceship mm. just arrives and it's meant to be a big gotcha moment, and it's just a little bit anticlimactic. Um, but it's interesting the way he decides to move away from the uber destruction that he has. You know, obviously, he he. Pioneered in Independence Day, and then with the day after tomorrow, and 2012, and Godzilla, he, he you know, maybe he felt I've taken it as far as I can take it, uh, so we're going to do something else. And he does do something different with this movie. I just didn't think he did it very well. I will explain all uh, in my opinion on the uh, on the spoiler special when we do it next week.
2: I think the the three big returning characters, which are Jeff Goldblum's character, Bill Pullman's, and uh, Brent Spiner's, actually. Mm. I, I, yeah, weirdly enough. But I think they're 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 all uh, great value when they're on screen, and so often it's, uh, it's the case with these films that it's the new guys who come in mm. who aren't quite as compelling. Yeah. Uh, but when those three are on screen uh, in any sort of uh, whether it's two of them together, just mm. one of them, whatever it might be, I think they're uh, they're always entertaining.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I like the a lot. I do think that Whitmore is the only interesting character in the film. He is a he's an interesting arc. He uh, they try and do something different with him. He's suffering from a massive case of PTSD, as you might imagine. His if you remember the first film, his brain was hijacked by by alien uh, intelligence. Uh, so you can understand that. I think Bill Pullman is very good in the film, um, and Brent Spiner has a very I like what they do with him. We'll we we'll get into it yeah, another, another time as well. Um, but you're right. The the, the main leads so uh, Liam Hemsworth, Jesse uh, T. Usher, and Micah Monroe, sadly, are saddled with really bland characters. If you remember mm. the first Independence Day, even all the supporting cast had quirks and stuff and something to do, and they were memorable. Whether it was you know Jud Hirsch or Harvey Fierstein or Margaret Colin, they all had they all had minimal screen time but they made maximum impact and I don't, don't for, think Don't forget Randy please. Quaid Don't forget Randy Quaid How can I forget Randy Quaid flying his plane of mm. the Star Whackers bums yeah. How can I forget that?
1: I, I, it's a shame that one of his children actually wasn't wasn't one of the you know you know young adult characters
0: yeah. in, in this But that would have involved right in the second draft so Ooh. Burn! Anyway so there we go uh, I yeah I, I didn't think it worked really uh, at all on on pretty much any level but
1: See so you're saying things I I know what you're saying and I understand what you're saying and mm-hmm. and and I sympathize with what you're saying <laughs> uh and these were all my reservations but I you know I just, just sometimes you just that you just enjoy that kind of know, you know man, w- that that warm rush of of just watching a big silly film yeah. and it's just it's, it's fun been up. a bad
0: summer and I thought this was Dan and I took a lot of oh, sweets good. into that film. Yeah,
1: I was. Actually, yeah, all right. I'm sorry. Sugar rush. It, maybe it, that. Maybe was that helps. a bit of a sugar rush. But I, again, helps. I mean, did you have you, re- 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 have you rewatched the first film recently? Uh, last year when I went on set. Okay. Okay. I, I wonder I, I don't know. Maybe I was. Maybe I was. Again, you know, it's, it's when you're reviewing a film. There's so many different factors. You know, you, you might, for example, if I reviewed a film today, whatever it is, mm. you couldn't get more than two stars, right? Whoa, 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 can We got that bit. <laughs> that, no, that, that was no that was that was a joke. Was it? That was a joke Was it? That was a joke, was it? That was a joke was it? about my mood today. But no, sometimes you get little factors that, that that come into play and I'd I'd seen the first film quite recently and I, I thought it it just felt like a great tribute to that and a great continuation of that. Um mm. and I think that I think that certainly buoyed me. Boy, do you indeed. All right, so four stars uh,
0: for Independence Day. Uh, Resurgence, which is, of course, we always say in the Empire podcast, an uber recommendation. Do we say that in
1: the Empire podcast?
0: I don't know. No, no. I, don't we, know. We, I we mean, Roman
1: Emmerich is German, so perhaps, you know.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. Uh, so there we go, four stars. Um, and I will be seeing it again this weekend, hopefully. Oh, cool. Euro 2016 games, notwithstanding. Uh, next up, Secret Life of Pets. Oh, I did that. Johnny, you wrote, you wrote the review. I did. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Oh, uh, Serendipitous. Okay, yes, go for it. Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: so it's an animation. It's from the people who um, unleash minions on the world in uh, their various uh, original films and then the spin-off and their little shorts. Mm. And so you do get a, sh- a Minions short beforehand where they very uh, funny one. do some guardi- uh, gardening. Yeah. Oh, you see, you've seen it as I've well? seen it,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, it was
0: all right. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. There's a, a poo joke. Uh, it had me. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Five stars for that. Five stars for was it Minion Mower Mower Minion something like that. It's. it's I wrote like, it yeah. down in my book and then never mentioned it again. Yeah, I don't remember it, but yeah, it's 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 quite funny. And then the the actual movie Secret Life of Pets is don't remember it. Don't remember it at all. It's about the Secret Life of Pets, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, something it's, about it, that. Yeah. Um, so there is yeah. There's a dog. He's voiced
2: by uh, Louis C.K. and he uh, you know lives a lovely life in a New York apartment block. He has pals who happen to be other dogs and cats and a uh guinea pig that's running around the vents yeah it's a guinea pig yeah and uh then one day uh, his uh, his owner brings back a uh, a big uh, mongrelly dog possibly a mongrel possibly a dog that i don't know the breed of <laughs> and um but it's a it's a disaster for him you know he doesn't uh, he isn't able to sleep in his bed anymore mm-hmm. this dog eats his food they don't get on at all mm. and events conspire and eventually the two of them get lost in new york together and they have to try and find their way home. Meanwhile, their friends go out to uh, search for them, and there's also a group of very evil, abandoned, flushed... They're called the flush pets, right? mm mm-hmm. yeah. And they, uh, they want to kill them for some reason.
0: Yeah, because they they want to take over the world, essentially, don't they? So they're led by Kevin Hart's Bunny Rabbit, who's yeah missing a tooth and he's a bit psychotic, and there's a crocodile in there and loads of snakes and, and all sorts. And uh, so they, eventually they may come together. These these three desperate groups as they try and get across a rather lovely animated New York. It is beautiful. It's uh, it's really nice. It's um, you can just like sit and and look
2: at that cityscape. And it's nicer than the uh, the real one. It is nicer than the real one. Yeah. Uh, very shiny. Very yeah. shiny. I love a shine. Um, but the film is very familiar, I thought, as I was watching it. I mean, um, if you if they weren't pets, if they were, I don't know, let's say toys, then um, it would be... I mean, it's, it's, it's almost exactly the same as, as the first Toy Story. Yeah. Um, louis's K's character, Max, is Woody. Mm-hmm. The big mongrelly dog thing is uh, is Buzz, and yeah. then they have all these people around it, and then they have uh, what's the kid who lives next door called Sid? Uh, Sid Sid. Yeah. Sid is the little rabbit, and yep. and there you go, absolutely. And it does feel very familiar all the way through.
1: So it's, it's elements of two and three in there as well, right? I mean, mm, no. yeah,
2: no, none. Sounds Just it. what you're no, saying. Just what I'm afraid.
1: <laughs> no, this,
0: uh, this is um, yeah. I thought this is as, as by the numbers an animated movie as you can get. I enjoyed it. It's it's quite fun at times, but it's never hilarious. Yeah, I mean the
2: people behind it. I mean it's, it's actually got a wonderful voice cast. I mean possibly one of the best like throughout the cast as you keep on going through it. Ellie mm. Kemper's got a very small role in it, mm-hmm. uh, and so because of that, and you know I think it actually is. You know, very snappily written, and they are you know always amusing in it. Mm. But it does have this layer of familiarity where you are like, oh, I've seen that, oh, yeah. okay, I've seen that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the I, I wrote it in the review, but uh, I mean that cute bunny who happens to be uh, psychotic and evil. You know, we've seen that thing before with uh, well, most famously with actually another white bunny in um, in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I mean, yep. that's that's the, the same joke. There's a set piece which is the same set piece as the um, trailer hanging off a cliff in the Lost World Jurassic Park where all the glass is breaking, that's yeah. in there. Yeah. And it just, I would, I've, I mean, because it's it's such a, it's a well-written script and it has great voice cast and you just really wish that they had
0: something more interesting and exciting to do. Yeah, I agreed, I agreed. Really good cast, Eric Stone Street and... The C.K. as we mentioned, Jenny Slate, and I just I just kept wanting it to be something more. I kept want I kept wanting something better, uh, funnier lines and funnier situations. But you know, as it is, it's a perfectly passable animated movie. Yeah, I was always entertained, but Absolutely. I was ever so slightly disappointed as well. It ain't finding Dory, but it'll do until finding Dory gets here. Basically, exactly. Yeah. So three stars, yeah? Three stars. Three stars, yeah. Three stars for Secret Life of Pets. And we're going to finish off the reviews section with a four star belter, which is Adult Life Skills, a film I have not yet seen, but I really want to. And Johnny will tell you why. I saw that as well. Hey. Yeah. See, um, we don't just throw this together. Yeah. It got the guy who wrote the review, and the guy who wrote the reviews. It's all good.
2: Uh, Adults Life Skills is a film set in uh, northern England Mm -hmm. uh, Near from uh, where I'm from actually Are Mm -hmm. you from
1: northern England? Yeah Wow, Um, I I never knew
2: So it was uh, instantly I felt at home in this uh, film And it's uh, about uh, a woman uh, who's approaching 30 And she has uh, lost her twin brother About 15 months before the, the film is set she 's not dealing with it very well. she has moved into her mother's garden shed and is basically doesn't want a birthday party is not yeah, is 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 grieving and continuing to to grieve and uh, into this uh, world she is thrown together with uh, her eight year old uh, neighbor who uh, lives next door and he is struggling with um Well, his mother has uh, terminal cancer as well. Mm. So, I mean, this this film sounds depressing as hell, uh, but it isn't. And um, it's uh, a lovely, sweet, uh, whimsical uh, comedy drama. There are very sad moments in it because you can't deal with talking about, um, you know, death and grief without that that happening. Mm. But uh, these two come together and uh, start to help each other through this difficult time in their life mm. it's a it's a it's a lovely film it's very very fun it's well acted and the laughs and the tears are balanced uh really well
0: okay fantastic i can't, I can't wait to see it uh, jodie whittaker big big fan of hers uh brett goldstein is is great also so yeah fantastic right up my alley it seems four stars for adult life skills uh, and that's all the movies we're going to review in depth this week Elvis and Nixon stars uh, Kevin Spacey and Michael Shannon as perhaps the least Elvisy Elvis in the history of cinema um, is also out this week we gave it three stars which of course is a recommendation so if you do fancy some Elvis and Nixon action and then highly long to your nearest
1: cinema I just can't picture Kevin Spacey as a evil president
0: I just <laughs> I just can't you're so disappointed we didn't review it you've been sitting on that line
1: haven't you just been
0: waiting <laughs> Waiting to get it in
1: Yeah And I never got You know I never got the headline President Evil Into the mag Which Really Is is a lifelong regret
0: Well There you go And uh that is it for this week's Empire podcast. Uh, there's a couple of Empire podcast specials that are out there right now for your listening pleasure. There is the Warcraft spoiler special, which is just an interview with Duncan Jones. Dan talked to Duncan Jones for ages. It's not uh, a section where there's a bunch of idiots like us talking about it. Uh, it's yeah. just Dan. It's just not. Just it's not Jones. just.
1: It's not just. It's it's pure. It's a pure experience. It's it's it's, ex- it's extraordinary. It's it's amazing.
0: And most popular podcast in China ever I believe <laughs> it's huge uh, that went up this week as indeed did a podcast uh, discussing uh, a, a big feature in the most in the current issue of Empire the ones on sale right now uh, where we discuss the 50 greatest sci-fi moments of all time that's a very fun podcast so check that out if you uh, if you like uh, and of course join us next week for more film-related fun we'll be joined by L. Fanning and Nicholas winding Refn, who will be here to talk about the Neon Demon Oh, very, very exciting. Uh, Until then, it is goodbye from Dan. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Johnny. Uh, Goodbye. Sorry, I've just been thrown by Dan's goodbye. (laughs) Uh, It was a a hell of a goodbye. Goodbye. A hell of a goodbye. And it's goodbye for me. I'm off to watch the last Brexit to Brooklyn. See you next week.